Welcome to the TKW Podcast. I am Matt Spendley, and I'm joined today by Anthony Corbo. What's going on, people? And Ty Jordan. Hey, what's up? It's Ty, a.k.a. the Handsome Heckler, a.k.a. Half Man, Half Windsor, a.k.a. Masha Jordan, a.k.a. Tyrantula, b.k.a. Bumba Clout, a.k.a. Tyrannosaurus Checks. What's going on? What's up? <laughs> Did you tell here. Jesus Romero that you stole their shit? Did you tell him that? <laughs> Hey, hey, there's tons of people who do AKAs. But, hey, <laughs> if they, if they want to come on the pod and talk about it, I think. I was going to try to figure out something on the fly to do there, but I was just, I knew you were going to come in with some fire. There's no way I was going to be outdone like that. Oh, man. No, Bro, you're a bridesmaid this weekend. You can say whatever you want. This is true. I am a bridesmaid this weekend. You heard that right. A bridesmaid. Bridesmaid. Corbo, a bridesmaid. It's 2018, folks. This is what's happening. We no, that's it. what I told my dad was just like the heir to my throne. I'm so proud of you here. And I told him like, nah, we're done with that patriarchy, masculinity shit. 2018. It's all fluid. That's facts. All right. So let's talk about the Knicks because we've had some, some preseason games under our belt. We had a pod on Monday talking about the game against the Wiz. But before we get into the preseason game against the Nets, I want to talk a little bit about the most recent news to come out, which was that. Kyrie Irving said, quote, I'm planning on re-signing here next year when they had a tip-off event for the Celtics tonight at the TD Garden. So we've expressed some doubt about Kyrie ever coming to the Knicks on this program already. I know Kyle is one that said from the beginning, this isn't going to happen. We shouldn't really bank on this or anything like that. But it's still just words. But it does feel like this is the kind of statement that would be a little difficult to go back on. And with everything lining up the Celtics way, we always were a little more skeptical about it actually happening. So, Ant, what do you think about the Kyrie thing? Did you ever have any hope for it? So, I I, I kind of align very, very closely with what shouts to uh, Tyler Marco, what he said in the random chat today, where he goes, ball dominant point guard with how many knee surgeries now? No, thank you. And then in parentheses, not better at all. Like, That's on brand for the Knicks, though. Yeah, it exactly. Like That's what would have made it so perfect is if they would have signed Kyrie to a max deal and he just blows out his knees and is a mess for five years. I'm just like, I'm at the point where it's just, this is probably for the best. And like it made it made the whole thing really easy to stomach when I, when I saw that. Like I was pretty much convinced that Kyrie was going to stay with the Celtics because there's really no reason for him to leave the Celtics. Uh, you know, he's, I mean, Boston's not that far from where, you know, he grew up. Like, you know, that kind of, I know it's cool to do the whole Kyrie's from New York, quote unquote thing. He wants to play in New York, but like, I don't even know how realistic that whole thing was from the start. I don't, I think we were just maybe in our own heads. Uh, this one doesn't like, if I, if I were to see that KD is completely ruled out the Knicks, and I know they're different caliber of players, but if I were to right. see that, I'd be much more devastated than I am with the Kyrie shit. I hear you. Ty, what did you think? Were you a Kyrie guy at all coming to the Knicks? Oh man. Well, thing is, I, 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 I I, I wish it would happen. I really do. But it doesn't seem plausible or even, you know, like it was going to like the Knicks were ever going to have a real chance mm-hmm. because why would he ever come? Because it's a great situation in, with the Celtics. So it, it really didn't really make sense. I hate to agree with Paul Pierce, but Ugh, he was there's nothing really, I hate more than doing that is I mean, is he, there was no reason for him to leave. But 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 I'll but I'll say this though because I can't completely agree with Paul Pierce. It's like he says superstars or stars didn't want to come go to New York, but Jimmy Butler just listed one of them as one of their teams, and now Paul Pierce is talking about the world being flat. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like he's been you know, delusional for years. That's exactly that's true. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, I'm not you know I'm not hurt at all by it. You know, it was what was expected, and honestly, I didn't want to shell out how much money for like Marco said, like. How many millions of, of the super max yeah, he, for Kyrie Irving with so many knee surgeries? I want to I wanna think that they would be able to give him a little bit below max. But, like, yeah, that's, it's Kyrie Irving we're talking about here. And and all of his knees get that money, too. So Boston's going to give it to him. Like, that's, it's yeah. gonna, that's how it's going to go. And I said it, too, when we talked about this a couple weeks ago. If Boston ever goes out and goes to the finals this year, and if they ever manage to beat the Warriors, even if they get to the finals, 
why the hell would Kyrie leave in that scenario? And that's the yeah. most likely scenario is the Boston Celtics coming out of the East, going to the finals and losing to the Golden State Warriors. So if that happens, there was never any plausible scenario where Kyrie comes to New York. It just never made any sense to me. It's like abandoning this thing that you've built up and been a part of. And we've seen Kyrie. Obviously, he's had a strange personality. We know some of the things he's done, what he did with LeBron. But this is a completely different scenario. And there's a lot of things that could go wrong for the Celtics this year. But we always need to think about the most likely outcomes. And the most likely outcome was always overwhelmingly that Kyrie Irving was going to stay a Celtic. And again, there's always the door still cracked, I suppose, because it's just words. But at the end of the day, you're going to see Kyrie in a Celtics uniform for this year and in the foreseeable future. And I'd be shocked if there was any other scenario than that that comes to fruition. I'll, I'll say one more one more thing I want to say is just is the thing is people said Kyrie wanted his own team and he might not ever have that because that era is kind of gone here with the Celtics or there with the Celtics rather is his best case because he's an older guy on that super young team. And if he ever wanted his own team again, New York wouldn't be that place because, you know, you see how much everyone loves Chris Asporzingis. People would die for him mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much. So if he ever wanted that kind of, you know, the idea of, oh, you need your own team or the thing is, he doesn't even line up with the projected success of New York Knicks. It's just too early in our development. And it's almost like it's almost it's very similar. It's not quite the same. But with Jimmy Butler, it's like you got a good thing going right now, but we're looking into the future. And there's, you know, and that's where the premium is. We're putting all our chips on the future. We don't need that guy right now, four years from now, when the knees are really going to start hurting and you're going to see a little bit of the Dwayne Wade stuff going on. You know what I mean? You're, it's just going to look like a bad deal. And it's going to look like it was a move made too early. You know, I, I kind of, I kind of feel like this Kyrie contract is going to be bad for the Celtics moving forward. I think it That's might help the Knicks the most uh, for <laughs> the fucking Kyrie contract. Cause like, I don't know. Is this going to be like the money that they can't get off the books in a couple of years that fucking, uh, you know, impedes them from being able to resign some of their own free agents or be able to, you know, go out and get fucking AD or something like that? Like possible. I, I, I don't know. I want, will this, will the Kyrie contract let them not be able to, you know, sign Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both, you know? Exactly. And that's the thing. That's the problem with Boston Celtics. Uh, well, well, they just kind of ran into this with the trade with the Nets and all that. That was a very, uh, you know, opportune time to make that trade. They took advantage yeah, in Philadelphia and Philadelphia with like the process. And the thing is, if you, if you make bank, if you hit, 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 Philadelphia had some misses. They obviously did. But the thing is you can't pay all of these guys. All of these guys are going to want to get paid. Not everyone is going to want to take the 15, $20 million. That's still like a huge sum of money. But if they could go and, hey, maybe they do have to tough it out in Sacramento for, you know, three or four years. But, I mean, I mean, $50 million checks are, you know, there's some pretty nice tissue paper, I mean, to cry on. It's hitting the bank account one way or the other, no matter where you are. Crying all the way to the bank. Exactly. That's what Liberace said. Yeah. God is still, like, it pains me to say, but... God bless fucking Danny Ainge, dude. Like the fact that he can pull off that kind of shit. Well, that's the thing. Like he just take like these things just fall in his lap and he just knows exactly to execute them. Like he's just like, sure, I'll I'll trick Philadelphia into letting us (laughs) draft the best player in the draft and giving them this player. That's just never going to work. Like, uh, like, holy shit. Can you like you imagine if like the expectations for Markel Fultz right now, like they were higher than Jason Tatum at some point. Do you, do you think yeah. there'll ever be a point where Markel Fultz's expectations are where Jason Tatum, like, even is this year? I'm Ooh. buying all the Fultz stocks, so, Ooh. I mean, probably not, but I still believe in Fultz as a player. I do, too, but, like, See? we've gotten to a point where everyone's going to be, like, we got to a point where everyone's, like, super stoked, like, if Fultz comes back and, you know, is, like, a 14-5 and five guy, like, fucking literally, oh, man, I'm just mad about the Celtics bamboozling them there, and... Just the being mad about the Celtics the is, is what we do the best. You know, you know what's I'm, scary I'm just though. Glad, I can't believe that the Celtics, that Danny Ainge himself, hasn't like personally just ripped the the Knicks to shred in any transaction. Because they're smart now. Well, yeah. I, they were smart now, but like, how did they not try to outdo Brooklyn back in 2012? Is what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no one's getting no. I mean, come on, that was kind of 
Like that was such an like looking back on it, even just today, every year you see the embarrassment in Brooklyn and, and like every year during the draft, you see it. And it's like, this will never happen again because the humiliation is just so high, you know, like it was yeah. just, it's these things bad. always come around, but you know what, you know, it, we said it wouldn't happen again in other sports, with the Herschel Walker trade with the Vikings, you know, it, it all comes around. What about like, what happens? Like when does Markel Fultz, when does it become, when does it become an Island? When, when are people, you know, buying beachfront property on Markel Fultz Island? If he's like, bad again this year, that's a scary thought. Yeah. That's a very scary thought. Very, I hope things, honestly, I hope things work out for him. You hate to see anyone. You, you know, do. You do. Where does Fultz Island stand in comparison to Rebus Island? Rebus, Rebus Island is dead. That thing is, is at the bottom of the ocean. It's sunk. Sunk an island, man. That's the island. <laughs> island sunk. <laughs> yeah, dude, come on. You guys seen the short before Inside Out, the lava, when it floats to the bottom at the end? That's what happened. That's I Rebus Island. I seen the short before Boy, Inside Out. ruined that movie for me. Oh. It's just a short, I promise. Inside Out, the movie itself, also great. But anyways, enough about these other teams. Let's talk I about the Knicks. I have to catch up on my animated movies, to be honest. But we can Corvo, move on. if you ever need animated movie recommendations, I am your guy through and through, 100%. I they are my to favorite. see Coco and like, Moana. Coco's one of my favorite movies of the last five years. Yeah. Yo, I, yo, I went to the theme. All right, one last thing before we move on to the next stuff. I went to see <laughs> Grave of the Fireflies. It's the Grave of the Fireflies and a movie theater, old, you know, old anime movie. And yeah, like yeah, people, yeah. People brought their kids to there because they thought um, it was like going to be a like a, a, a funny or a kids movie. No, it was not. And he was yeah. like, "Hey, 1947, whatever date. That was the day that I died." And that was like the, those were the first words spoken throughout the entire movie. I was like, "Wow, these these parents are going to be in for it. They have a lot of questions after this." <laughs> Cover your eyes. Cover your eyes, child. Talk about being thrown into the Thunderdome. Welcome to the hardcore. <laughs> this is it. Oh, All right, boy. so let's let's move on. From the grave of the fireflies to the Knicks, uh, you know, the, the things could be connected in some ways. But so when we're looking at Wednesday's game, last night's game, I was I had it on my computer. I was completely enamored with the Yankees game. I was totally into that. But I had it on my computer. I was keeping an eye on it. And then I rewatched the game today so I could get a just a much better perspective on everything that happened. And so I could take some notes. I think. It's good to see the young guys getting all the minutes in the preseason. We saw, obviously, Alonzo Trier had a great game yesterday. We saw some great signs from Frank Nilekina. There was positives around. So, Ty, last night's game, what are the couple things that stuck out to you? Oh, me? Oh, you know what, man? You know what? You know what I want to talk about? You know I want to talk about Alonzo Trier. But, Get into um, it, baby. Do it. Like, yeah, you want me to just go right into it? Right into it. Let's talk about him right off the bat. Okay, well, let's talk about it. All right, that kid, yo, that kid is a baller. All right, he's not, like, he reminds me, I mean, man, just some of those crossovers, like, those are things I wish I could do. And I'm watching him, and I'm just so amazed, because he, what he knows is he understands rhythm, and he just messes with the minds of the defender. And it was just, it was really beautiful to see, because he didn't do too well in summer league, but he really stepped up. Over, I guess over the course of these last few weeks or just in this game because he knew his teammate, his team needed him. And was it 25 points, 20 in the uh, first half? Yeah. Like, once he hit that three at the buzzer, I, I had a feeling. Yeah, that was I great. I had a feeling, you know, like I had to, like I didn't, I had to catch up on it this morning, but I had to, fe- I knew that was when it started and that's when he got hot. And he reminds me of a really streaky player. He just seems like the guy who to let it, to just let it fly. And I can really understand he could be a really great story in this game because being going under having those three years at at the University of Arizona, the 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 suspension and you know going undrafted when he could have been you know arguably he could have he should have been drafted, but things just didn't work out. And being the second fill to DeAndre Ayton, he's got chips on chips on chips on his shoulder. And I could see him being a really great story. I want to see more develop besides, you know, he favors the jump shot, you know, but he can get to the rim. And you love to see that from a guy, especially so young, because it reminds me a little bit of, you know, James Hart. He can get to the foul line as well. All you got to do is, you know, penetrate. Even if it doesn't go in, if you get to the line, that's, those are good points. I think he did four point, um, I think it was, he averaged last season. I remember I wrote about him. I think it was 4.8 free throw makes. Yeah, on he averages like six free throws a game at college. Like he he was getting to the line at Arizona. Yeah, exactly. And 
that's something I love to see. And I remember, I remember what I wrote about him, man. I, I really sing, sung his praises before he even played a game for the Knicks. But I'm really excited. I'm really, like, I, I, I'm very excited. Of all the rookies, I'm more excited about Mitchell Robinson. I'm more intrigued by, Mitch, by Mitchell Robinson and Trier than I am about Knox. Because I, I can spot some of Knox's uh, difficulties already, but well, well, does anyone else want to say anything about Trier? I think I've done I mean, enough. I'm just like that. That dude can fucking leap. Like I'm just watching. I'm actually watching the game right now, uh, and I'm in the third quarter, and just like that. Uh, I don't know if they counted it or not, but that block against the backboard. They didn't count it. They called the goaltender. Yeah, and, and it wasn't a goaltender. When you watch the replay, he blocked that right shot. Now, yeah. Yeah. Fucking oh man, he like he can really get up there. He really seems to understand spacing well on the floor, which is pretty good. Like he's definitely an isolation player. Uh and you know, the quote from Fizdale that came out is really interesting about him where, you know, as as young and unproven of a player as he is, like Fizdale's already ready to just let him play his game and let him go. Uh and I you know, I'm I'm excited about that. I think that he is one of I think he might be a rare case who's able to isolate well on the floor without getting in too many people's ways. You can't have a name like Guy Sozo yeah. and not let your coach it's true. let you dribble ten times in a game. It's it's just not how this works. That's yo, that yo, that was very worrisome at first. I think that was worrisome for everyone. Like his handle was literally ISO. So yes. you know. Yes. Like it's very you know, because you had ISO ISO Joe was like a mark of shame, you know, for Joe Johnson, but you know, that kid wears it proudly. Like, it. I know I can ISO. Taking it back. So, let me talk about Trier. Because I was, I've said this before when we talk about it, I was a big Arizona fan. I loved watching Aiton, Raleigh Hawkins, Burger Jackson, Cartwright, Dwayne Ristich, all these guys. Let me play wet blanket for a second, just because I know people are excited about Trier. So he attacks the rim and I love it, but he is somewhat predictable in that when he goes up, he either jumps in the air and he's going up to get fouled and put a layup in, or he does kind of a wraparound pass to the center. He did a lot with Aiton too. So it lends to some tough spots for him because he ends up in the air and sometimes he's not exactly sure where he wants to go with it. And you also worry. I always worry about a guy that relies so much on some mid range opportunities, especially in isolation. So we saw Trier get a lot of his buckets yesterday, kind of taking the guy to church, you know, he's he's dribbling around in the mid range pulls up. And if it's falling, that's great. We saw Trey Burke use that incredibly effectively last year and be a great asset for the Knicks. And it's something he'll do again this year. But for Trier, I worry the most just about him integrating in a normal NBA offense because he's not a passer. You're going to rely on him to score. And you know what? This year, the Knicks are going to need that. If we're being honest, if he's playing in a second unit with a Frank Milikina and Hazonia and a Mitchell Robinson, you're, you have some guys there that aren't necessarily able to create their own shot. So having a guy that you can just give the ball to and say, Hey, go get us a bucket young fellow. Like that's, a valuable guy to have back there. And I'm excited about him, but I'm definitely not over the moon about his game just because I know what he brings to the table. And I'm not sure exactly how valuable that is to the Knicks and to the modern NBA with what we know about mid range opportunities and how it's just not an efficient shot unless you shoot it at an absurd clip like a Trey Burke. But Either way, you love to see him work in transition and attack the rim. Those are the things that really stuck out to me when I'm watching yeah. him last night. Anyone else got? Or can, can I go back to this for a second? Or is yeah, else? dude, it's all you. Just keep okay. going, baby. Yeah. Okay. So the thing is, you're you're absolutely right, and I think that's what makes him such an intriguing player is that he has all this room to grow, but he has he has a couple of skills. He has a couple of tools that he can use. He has to get a couple. He has to do a couple of different things, you know, just, you know, maybe add a floater, you know, a little, a couple of outlet passes to someone else. He, he can't, he can get very predictable, like you said, you know, so that's what makes it, that's what's going to make his development to see like throwing him in the fire of the NBA on the Knicks, even though he's only on a two-way contract. I think that's what makes him so intriguing is that he has this direct journey that you could watch and see how he because he's a black hole on offense that ball he gets that ball it's not going to anyone else yeah that's it i get the ball stops there so that's that's those are part of the growing pains those are the, those are the things that he's going to have to learn and i'm really excited 
because uh, I, I think he can do it. I think I think he can learn to be a lead guard. I think he could be a one or a two in this game if he as long as he if he learns to pass and he gets better court vision. And the thing is, he's a showman. I don't think he'll ever be a first option or whatever, even in the second unit, maybe. But I don't want to put, you know, like he said, like Fizdale said, I don't want to put a cap on him. But he's he's a right. showman. It's like it's like Batman and Robin, like Dick Grayson, who is Robin, you know. He said, Batman always said, you're, he, you're a showman. Like, you can never really be Batman because you're a decoy. Because you're that flashy. You got all this stuff that you're doing. So he, you know, I think he's one of the people that needs to be around Chris Stapps Porzingis, you know, to cause a little misdirection, mm-hmm. to, to be the decoy of a player. So maybe maybe one day we'll see. But, you know, this is, you know, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. But it's, I think it's okay. I think it's fine. It's preseason. We're undefeated. We're an undefeated team, you know. Never lost. Right? Exactly. Never lost. The other thing about Trier is he is just such a better option right now, right now. Next to Frank Nulakina than Emmanuel Moutier. And oh, we can talk no about Moutier. Moutier has, has been a mess. <laughs> An absolute yeah. unmitigated yeah. disaster. Are we talking about it? Let's just yeah, let's get right. We're getting it. into We're Moutier, man, because it. we need to we need to keep it a buck here with him. Where I don't know where he fits on this team. We talked on Monday about how he shouldn't be playing minutes for Frank Nulakina, but he also shouldn't be starting. Which where is he playing in that scenario? He's not. And now when you have a guy like Trier who Fizdale in the front office clearly seemed to like Fizdale has been talking him up. He's saying, I'm going to give this guy, Ty, you mentioned it opportunities. I'm going to let him get his dribbles. I thought a little side note. It was great how they had the bit about Fizdale talking about him getting chased down blocks. And then he had a chase down block in the game. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. Yeah. And just a really a testament to, right. It's a testament to Fizdale understanding what his player skills are. And also Trier being able to do that on the court, which is just, it's a great sight to see, but either way, with Emmanuel Moutier, you struggle to see where he gets these minutes on this team, where we could see anything beneficial from him. And I think we see it on Twitter. We see it with the people we interact with. We see it in our clips. What is he doing that should give this front office and coaching staff any hope that he can ever be see, a good I, player? I think he, I really think he's like just Fizdale's pet project. Like, I have a feeling when it gets down the line, if we're going to, when we start getting to the point where it's not just all hype about David Fizdale and we started actually, you know, critiquing his game a little bit more, I think it's we're, one of our big gripes with him is that he just, he wants to get Emmanuel Moutier right so badly that he overplays I, him. I tend to agree with you, but what if Trier almost replaces that? What if it's like, Ooh, maybe this guy's better than the guy that I thought was going to be my project. Yeah. If that's No, I, I, I hope that that becomes the case. Um, I'm trying to think of a good comparison, but it's hard when you have like two young players who are still trying to prove something. And I don't even know is Mo- do we still consider Moutier a young player trying to prove something? How old is he now? Ah, uh, yes, I do. Well, he's okay. only yeah. he got drafted the same year as Chris Depp, Oh, so that's he's, right. That's right. Yeah. You know, he's 22, 23. Yeah. Yeah. So, like he's a young guy still, and he he's 22 years old, and he still has a lot to prove in the NBA. But I think if this doesn't work out with the Knicks, and he has a really bad year, and you know who who knows what's going to happen, his NBA future is in serious doubt. I think he'll yeah. latch on after the Knicks, even if he were to get cut this year or something like that. I, I think, I think he's got a, uh, I think he's got another third string job in him somewhere, or at least for another year or two. But like, th- th- I think this is his last chance to prove that he can be a starting caliber player in the NBA. If he, I think that's what he, where they're at right now. I don't think any of us really believe that's going to happen, but right. I think that's where he's at right now. Oof. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, it's. I mean, to be honest, he doesn't fit at all. Like, has he sh- shown anything even in preseason? No, nah, like the guy's he's, just he's not like it's just out been, of bounds and shit. Like he was awful <laughs> last time. He was absolutely awful. awful. You don't know what's going he, on. Like, I don't really, I, he, I don't really have much good to say. Like, I, I'm trying to even think about what we can, you know, what we can sit on and think about a little bit. But he's got a couple jumpers, I guess, that he nailed. Like, I guess that's fine. Sure. But it's just but like he makes he everyone worse. We've said this. Trier. Yeah. yeah, well, that's true. It's it's not hard to do. It's not a hard bar to cross. Yeah, but like, but, the, yeah, it's just so far it shows like Trey Burke is a better fit next to Frank Nielakina. You know, uh, you know, Moutier is not. Trier's been better. I, had uh, Trier and Nielakina played very many minutes so far. Together. Well, they've been working with a a Moutier Trier Nielakina. Yeah, that was kind of lineup. Right yeah. after, yeah, it's it's which is strange. Yeah. Like it, it's just not it's a tough lineup to make it work. 
That's worrisome. That's very. I mean, I guess they're trying to get. That was trying to get Frank at the three, but that was. Ooh, yeah, man. I, I, I think it. they're trying you to get their guys it, minutes too. I think that's they just not, want to give these guys good. an opportunity to sort it out. Also, like you want to but, give these guys an opportunity to play different roles, be a different kind of player, and they want to make sure that Trier gets his minutes too. I think so. That's yeah. why they'll go with that lineup because he's not exactly going to play with the starters, but. Yeah, it's, I'm interested Frank to see how though? they handle this guard rotation, because if Trier ends up signing an NBA deal, all of a sudden you're giving that's another guy you're throwing into the mix. And we've talked a lot about they even had a, a spot about it last night about Neil Akina, Moutier and Burke, about how they're competing for the starting point guard position, about how they're helping each other through the process. So if you throw another guy in that mix, that's going to need minutes. You know, you're going to have Fizzo's yeah. going to have his work cut out for him. And I'm excited to see how he goes about handling that. The thing is, I, I don't know if it's much of a of a Fisdale problem, but it's something that the front office might need to, you know, level level with themselves about because they might need to just, you know, waive some players. They just might need to get rid of some guys and just eat and just eat that salary just to make I, room for some minimum contracts. I really do think Moody is going to be out. I, I don't think he'll be out, but he should be. I don't think he will, but he should be. I, I mean, he. I think he'll get some minutes at the beginning of the season. But I, I because so you think about it, like we're not even talking about Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee here, who are fighting for minutes at the two all the same. That's yeah. You, you're mm-hmm. you're gonna play. What is this? What, what are we talking about here? We're gonna play six guards. We're uh, we're gonna play you know fucking seven guards. However many it is, like yeah, exactly. It's, That's it's ridiculous. It's not gonna happen. And I I just think it's gonna come to a point where. You know, you got you got to play Lee and Hardaway. There, you can't just stash those two on the bench. They're going to want minutes, and they have rightfully earned them. You, you know, it's going to come down to Moody. It's going to come down to Burke. It's going to come down to Neil Akina, and I think Trier is going to really push his way in there. And I, that's at that point. You and just, Dotson, don't forget Dotson. Yeah, well, and his, Dotson's in there. His position may be kind of versatile. Dotson's playing every minute at the three this year. There's no way he's getting into the two. That's okay. That's and that's fine. That's all right because yeah. you know I think. The kid never got a real shot last season. They, yeah, they owe it to him to at least play him. Like he's he's showing in flashes that he can actually do something. Like they, yeah, even these last the end of these games. Yeah, yeah, he had what eight points in eight minutes yeah. last night. He he really seems to be like even from his rookie year, he seemed to have a good veteran composure about him. Like, well, he's got the jumper. That's his best asset. He's it's got the jumper, phase. but like he can also play low minutes, which is good. Yeah, and he's played an alarmingly low amount of minutes so far, which makes me wonder yeah. if the front office has any sort of plan for him in the future, if they think that he's a part of this, and if you think he's shown any promise, because he hasn't played much at all in the first couple preseason games, and I'd like to see him a little more out there. You know, we don't need to see as much of some of the guys that they've been throwing out here. Like, I, I don't think we need... I don't think, let me put it this way. Kevin Knox played almost 30 minutes in the first game. I don't know if he needs to play 30 minutes in a preseason game. Mm. Maybe we can allot some of those minutes other places. You know, we, there's a lot of different ways that you can make this work. But I think Dotson should get more of an opportunity. He's got to knock down his threes or else, to me, I don't know exactly what else he's bringing to the table. He's a good rebounder. He provides that at his position. Mm-hmm. But mm. his asset is shooting, which the Knicks can always use more of. And, like, uh, to me, like Dotson is somebody, you know, if it, if it comes down to it this season, Dotson's a guy who can play 10 minutes a night, in my opinion, like he's a guy who's capable of playing 10 minutes a night and being able to get a shot off and being able to score those buckets. True. I feel like, isn't going to be productive unless he gets at least 15 minutes. Yeah. I, see, but I, I can th- see, what, I can see where you're going with that. I think that's kind of the difference in the two players. Like, it's like you're saying hmm. true is going to be a streak player. No doubt. Dotson yes. is a little less streaky in my opinion. Hmm. A yeah, just the way yeah. that they're. He's a, he's kind of a two way guy, you yeah. know. Like I, 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 I could trust him to defend in, in some stretches, but Trier, uh, he's, I mean, he's not that. He's not that big of a. He's not that big of a guy, you know. He, yeah. he, he got beat in summer league, which that worried me. I was like, what are you like? Yeah. You know, it's, that's just ugly and gross. But, but he had a chase down block, so there I mean, we go. It's all good. So it that, that that's all that matters. That, that but, block behind from behind. Last night too. So he had he had technically he would have two blocks. He should.
we gotta we we gotta talk about Frankie a little bit though before we get out of here before we get Let's too far it. off this topic. I mean, like talk about Frank Corbo. F- like I thought he looked pretty good last night. I he had a good game last night. He uh, the one thing I thought that like the training he did this summer play, uh, paid off. I could see him getting into the lane so much easier compared to where he was mm-hmm. last year. Like he just, he just looked confident. I was watching his feet. His like his footwork looked good when he got inside. Um, I, I, you know what? I, I just think he looks a little bit more confident there. And with all the other guard play that's going on around him, not where I want him to be, but a little bit more comfortable shooting the three. It looked like, yeah, that, that was encouraging. He he didn't look scared anymore. Like I I felt like he was really shook. Yeah. For every single game he played last season. It still seems to be his mentality a little bit. Like there was definitely times where he had it wide open and chose to like, you know, and, tried to drive in a little bit and then just kicked it out to someone who was not open. Uh, but like that happened on Monday night. Yeah. And it, and he's just going to, he's just going to do it because that's what he, that's like how he's played basketball for a long time now, but it's something that's going to take some time to, to transition out of. And I thought there was some signs of him at least getting away from that. Uh, yeah. but yeah, but you know, when it was, he when dunk. he was cutting, when he was getting in there, yeah, he had a dunk. Like he looked, he looked dunk was good fantastic. in those situations. Yeah. And it's all, I'll say this because when we talk about point guards and whether you think Frank is a one or a two, doesn't matter. He was drafted as a point guard, played some one and some two. So either way, when we talk about point guards, shooting guards, guys that come into the league that are young, it takes a few years for these guys to become who they are going to be as NBA players. We had a debate in Slack today about Andrew Wiggins and if he still can be a really good NBA player because he hasn't quite been that in his career, but it's the same sort of idea. John Wall didn't make an all NBA team until his sixth or seventh season in the league. And no one's saying Frank Neely is going to be an all NBA player. But the point is these guys need to go through the trials and tribulations of the NBA to discover who they are. And Frank is also one of the youngest players in the league last year. So you're looking at a guy that came from the French league that is young, that already is a top notch defender at his position. It's going to take him a long time to become who he is as an offensive player. And the the progression is going to be slow. So it's always the signs that we look for. It's getting a dunk in the lane on a a dribble drive. It's a spin move with a lefty layup, which is beautiful. It's spotting up for three and having that form look strong and like it can continue and be a huge part of his game. Those are the things that you look for. And then you hope that those become more normalities than something rather that we go, Oh, that was good to see Frank rather rather than uh, it should be Frank Nilakina. It shouldn't be an outlier when he ends up being the NBA player that he go, is going to become down the line. Uh, wow. Wow. Wow, you are you're prepared to defend Frank Nilakina in front of Congress. Wow, that was beautiful. That's what I do. <laughs> that's why I think that's what all Knicks fans do. It's kind of wild. I got to say, mm. it is a little wild how much people love Frank for someone that really wasn't great as a rookie in terms of just his overall impact on the game because he is pretty much adored by the vast majority of Knicks fans. There's plenty of people out there that aren't big fans of his, but it's kind of funny to see a guy that wasn't a great rookie yeah, end up catching on so hard with a fan base that is notoriously hands off. And it maybe it's just because we're so eager to want someone to love. It's like, we haven't had someone in so long. And Porzingis was this just amazing experience. And we want that again. It was was like a hangover. Exactly. We we did it the year before and we hadn't done it for so long that we, we, we really were going to buy into that pick, whoever it was. Frank did a ton off the court too, to like make himself very lovable in all of our hearts. He's got a good personality. Yeah. We all want him to succeed. The the LeBron James beef definitely helped. Oh yes. Oh, that was awesome. That was awesome. He even get booed on draft night. Did, did he even get booed on draft night? It was, I I think we were over that shit. It was kind of like, man, it wasn't a poor Zingas or, uh, alleged Kevin Knox response with people loving Michael Porter Jr. Give me a freaking break. <laughs> God, <laughs> I don't, we don't need to get back into that. Yeah, we we that. spent plenty of time ranting ago. about that on this podcast. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, let's talk. Um, let's talk briefly about Mario Hazonia, who has been mostly a mess in the preseason. He hasn't shown much. I don't think it matters that much for a veteran like him that's kind of been around. I shouldn't say a veteran per se, cause he is still another young guy. One of these lottery picks has been thrown in, but 
he's turned the ball over like crazy. He hasn't done a lot. He played 20 minutes last night and he had three points and one of them came on, you know, he had a you know, foul that came late in the game. I'm a little concerned just because I would have liked to see him come out the gates hot, but I still think he's a guy that they can rely on to come off the bench as a scorer. But I don't think there's any chance he ends up starting. I think his role will be that on this team. Mm, yeah, I definitely hear you. I hear you loud and clear. The thing, yeah, he's, <sighs> but I like that he tried a little more defensively. I think he's giving a lot of effort in areas that he's just not known for. And you see him with a couple of squats, you know, at the ball, trying a little bit, being a little crafty defensively, offensively, just like you said, a mess, five turnovers, the first game, how many was it? I don't know. I don't think he had the ball too much in the second game. He didn't, but he still had it. He had his first possession of the game. He had a turnover and Breen immediately went into the, he was really disappointed with himself after the first game with five turnovers. He wants to make it better, but he <laughs> telegraphs his passes a lot because he likes to get flashy with it. And you can tell, like he had a couple where he gets he to one nice pass. He likes to pull like a, yeah. yeah, he did. He did. He could pull those out, but he had one where he wanted to do like a classic, you know, spinning bounce pass. And he kind of threw it and the guy easily put his foot out to kick it. You know, he has a couple. If you look in his highlights from the match, you just look up Mario Hazonia pass and you'll find some stuff. He had one where he went behind the back for no reason. So you'll see that come out. But you just like to see a little more consistency from him. But at the end of the day, he's a guy that the Knicks are whatever he gives them his gravy. You want some scoring? He's a guy who strikes me as he's going to be exactly who he is. And he has no intention on really changing that. Yes. I, I, I like I'm pretty sure he's he's pretty much set in the kind of player he is. It's just like what quality can he give you out of that player? Like, I will it, say it, right it, now, I, yeah, I don't think him and Tim Hardaway Jr. should play many minutes together because That's that easy, would just be imagine a lineup <laughs> imagine like a Trier, like a Neil Aquino Trier, what? Hardaway, Hazonia, Robinson lineup or something oh, crazy like that. Like oh. it's just the, the amount of things that could go crazy in that kind of lineup is hilarious. But that being said, I don't think those guys will play that many minutes together. So we'll yeah. see. I'll say this thing, this positive thing about his Maybe I should have said something positive about Moody a too, but uh, no, we, we don't, tried. we don't allow that. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> we looked for every, we looked at you every know, granny. Cause the, I mean, cause these are people and they don't want to hear that about their careers and stuff, but you yes, know, maybe true. as the, as the season goes on, cause it's still preseason. And the offense really isn't set yet, but if it's a movement, if it's a ball heavy, excuse me, if it's a, if it's a spacing heavy ball movement space, uh, you know, get up and down the court offense, I think he could benefit from that a lot because he, I mean, if he can penetrate on a fast break, maybe he'll need that outlet pass to the three point line. Yep. Get the trailing, like the trailing big and Cornet, or maybe one day Porzingis. And that's maybe. how the Knicks are playing. The Knicks are playing in transition. They've played fast yeah. in the preseason. They've made an effort to push the ball once they get a defensive rebound every single time. Fisdale said it over and over again. He wants his guards and forwards to be pushing that basketball up the court. Can we uh, move off the guards real quick and go to big men since you were uh, just brought up Cornet and. Uh... I, I one thing that really struck I will spend me, any time necessary to talk about Luke Cornett. I always I want to make that clear. Will. He always well, gets my time. Here's what's Why? really interesting. To me. I just love Luke Cornett. I just I for feel what? Like, you know what? It's it's one of those loves. It's an ironic love, and then it turns into something that you legitimately care for. I think it's funny that his first game with the Raptors, he had one of the great debuts of a like a big man in Knicks history. It's hilarious. Oh, yeah. And then since then, I, I just like the guy. He seems like a nice guy. And he he's got a funny like, face. And he's, he's, like, just, he's just adorable. He seems like an all right dude. I don't know about adorable. I don't think no, I've gone adorable with him, but he, he seems like an all right dude. He's got a great family. All right. Sure all that's great. the thing. I think that's the thing is you're, you're a man of real familial <laughs> values. And Those of you, you that know me know what I mean when I say he's got a great family. He's got a great family. All right. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I, I, I understand exactly what okay. you mean. You're, you're a man of great family value. That's exactly uh, what I am, Corvo. The uh, no, but the one thing that actually was interesting to me on this game was uh, Ennis Cantor playing as many minutes as he did. I like Cantor was in there, like especially last night, he was in there in the third. Like, uh, and then uh, like he had a what was it like twenty? I don't know, twenty yeah, something, twenty two and twenty rebounds too. He had, right? to get the, yeah. he had to get his threes up, man. He had to get those shots up. Yes, <laughs> I have a piece coming out about that tomorrow, by the way. So be on the lookout for that about Ennis Cantor shooting threes. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's good. I just I, I thought I it was so. interesting because especially uh, like I noticed him playing a lot with the with the young guards we were just talking about a lot with second unit guys, uh, and we didn't really see too much of uh, Luke Cornett out there. 
No, Cornette did not play last night. He played in the first game about, yeah. I think, five, maybe, but he did not play last night. Yeah, and that's what's interesting to me. Like, even, uh, like, Hicks got minutes over, uh, over Cornette, right? That's, yo, that's, yo, that's kind of disrespectful. Like, yeah, I, I, like, I feel like, is. especially in terms of, like, you know, the play, like, I mean, we've said this a lot, but, like, Cornette's got a similar build to Porzingis. Where yeah. you're just like you can use him as a bit of a doppelganger in certain situations. He's a stand-in, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, stun I'm, double. Yeah, I'm just like, in what? Uh, I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like some of these guys who are gonna be who are gonna remain with the team are gonna want to play with someone who's more in the frame of Porzingis and will kind of move similarly. They don't have the same kind of game, so maybe there's something to that. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm just more surprised I think than anything. Even when Cantor's playing well, mm-hmm. to see him getting as many minutes with the young guys as he did. He's um, gonna shoot some threes this year. I'm telling you. Like I, I like I said, I got the piece coming out tomorrow, so you guys can read either. about that on thenixwall.com tomorrow. Mm. But <laughs> you're gonna see when he was in Utah with Trey Burke. Trey Burke led the team for wow. uh, in terms of like that that did happen. Wow! Oh, so, <laughs> yes. Wow, man. Four, four years Yo. ago, these guys played together, and they played like a decent <laughs> amount of minutes. This was a young, young Trey Burke. And wow, between Trey Burke and Hayward, those were the two guys that set Cantor up for three pointers. So I tweeted this out, but they basically ran the exact same play that Cantor ran with Burke as kind of a pick and pop in his first three pointer in the first half that he missed. He ran the exact same set. You go back and look in 2014 in November against the Atlanta Hawks with Trey Burke four years ago. So that's something I think the Knicks are going to rely and Cantor it's, it's maybe 0.8 three-point attempts. Maybe he sets a record. Maybe he shoots 50 this year. But I think you're going to see him venture out. And I was worried after the first game on Monday because I wanted to write this piece, and he didn't even attempt any or even get out. But then in the second game, I saw him take two. You see yeah. that kind of thing. And I think it can't be anything but good for the offense because you want Cantor to still get in there and bang for his offensive rebounds, as we saw him do last night. But if that's just once or twice a game where he's picking and popping and the defense is getting lazy, why don't you give him that opportunity to see what he can do? You just pulled game footage from four years ago, man. That's that was that's dope. why you are the best. <laughs> YouTube is a beautiful thing. Like, wow, <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. I'm taking a bow right now. Thank you to everyone. Um, <laughs> but 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 on to that, the, the bigs and Cornet not getting minutes. It, hello. Yeah. yeah, you know you're here. Yeah, you're good, bro. Yeah. Sorry, I heard some static. I thought it was um, rain uh, or you, something. No, but um, yeah, Cor- yeah. Um, I think well. Obviously, he was giving Vonley a bunch of minutes because he wants Vonley to be the big. He wants him to be, like you said, Lance is his Draymond, but I think Vonley might be more of his Draymond type, like a guy who can move around a little bit because he's traditionally a power forward. But yeah, he's, he only played five minutes last night, though. You yeah, saw a little more in the first game, but true. still, like he's a guy the Knicks want to see what he too. can do. Yeah. But, you know, so he's a little bit more intriguing to me as opposed to the. Uh, the uh the the Chris Stapps Porzingis stand-in of that is Luke Luke Cornette. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the same. So I, I, I oh, he definitely. It's a little bit of a more modern offense that he's trying to run, and maybe KP comes back and he is still a four because that's still a possibility. I it's sure. a possibility, or at least to get minutes at the four. Maybe he wants Mitchell Robinson, another guy who can get up and down the court at the five. And I still want to see him shoot. I know. I guess. All indicators are saying that he can't shoot at all. Like, but like, like, come on, give me something like more than a lob. I need to see more of a lob from Robinson. We can get on that later, but Mm -hmm. I see what, um, I see why Cornette's not playing as much. And Hey, maybe Cornette, um, doesn't make the team. You wash your mouth. Hey, yo, that's what you wash your damn mouth. You think I, 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 we, what about, uh, one other thing we have to mention too. You know, yeah. like Ron Baker is a, is a player that's on this team too. I forgot yeah, about him when candidate. we're talking about the guards. Fizz yeah. loves him though, because you saw the hustle he had last night where he stole the ball and then gave a little pass and Isaiah Hicks went in for the big yam. Fizz was loving it. Fizz likes a guy like that. Cause he's a hard worker. He's scrappy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The he's streak is alive. Like, bro. Right, right, two right, games in a row. Ron let's, Baker is dope this, to the ground. Let's get, all right, let's get this. Right, yo, let's get this thing straight. First of all, yo, just because you're the yo, just because you fall on the ground does not make you scratch. All right, of course it does. But he's white though. That's the yo, thing. That's why he's scratch. He could have stayed up and got that and got the ball. Like, he right, could always. Right. Oh, I know that. Always, because, 
Bro, that's how I play basketball. That that is my game entirely. I know exactly what Ron Baker's doing out there, and it's all bullshit. Yeah, it's all bullshit. Like, yo, then the the, the, then the dramatic pass from the you know from the sitting position, just oh, like (laughs) yo, like come on, all right. So so to Isaiah Hicks in the ugliest play in preseason history. Oh my god. All right, last thing before we get out of here because I'm going to see a Star Is Born tonight, and I'm really excited. The starting lineup. It's it's gonna be awesome. Lady Gaga's gonna win Best Actress. I I have no doubt about it. So I'm excited to see what kind of performance Lady she gives. But either way, angel, not dude. not Michelle Williams in in Venom. Are you, are you sure? Oh my god! <laughs> oh, the reviews on that I shit. I'm gonna see it, but oh, I'm not optimistic. All right, that got in good with that movie. Pass, and I man. love Michelle Williams, but not quite the Oscar role. Maybe not. But all right, either way. So I think that this is gonna be the starting lineup like, game. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. That's why I was just thinking, like, you Michelle got something Williams. else to say? Yeah, it's like Ms. Michelle Williams. I was thinking just Destiny's Child. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry. But, yeah, go, sorry, go ahead. But, yeah, where, where were we at? Ty's mind's on Destiny's Child, not the Knicks starting lineup. Just want to make fair. that clear. That's fair. Starters. I think you're going to see Burke, Hardaway, Knox, Thomas, Cantor. I would bet that that's your starting lineup on day one, on opening night against the Atlanta Hawks. I think that you'll see Courtney Lee come back and he'll play off the bench and your reserves are going to be Moutier, Neil Aquina, Courtney Lee, Mario Hazonia, Mitchell Robinson. And we'll see what they decide to do with Trier. And then beyond that, your bench warmers are Baker, Dotson, Kadeem Allen, Noah Vonley, Isaiah Hicks, Luke Cornett. But do you guys think that that's going to be the starting lineup game one? Or do you think that we might see a different iteration come October 17th? Who did you put at the four? Well, the starting lineup for the first two games has been Burke, Hardaway, Knox, Thomas, Cantor. Yeah, I mean that's that sounds about right. That's I could maybe see like somebody coming, somebody else coming in for Thomas. I'm trying to think of who could do it. But the, Courtney Lee is not going to start because Tim Hardaway Jr. No. is a lock start, and Fizdale doesn't want to start Lee and Hardaway together. No, Knox that, is a lock. That's start. that is a an experiment of Jeff Hornacek past. Right. Knox is a lock to start in my eyes. So Hardaway, yeah, Knox, Cantor are already locks. And Hazonia hasn't done much to prove that he should start. And Fisdale loves Thomas's veteran presence. Mm. So the only question left to me is Burke or Nilakina. And either one is fine with me. I think I've advocated more for Nilakina just because I don't want Nilakina exposed to the disease that is Emmanuel Moutier. But depending on what they decide to do with him, it, Burke, Nilakina, it, it, they're interchangeable. As long as they're both getting minutes, I'm okay with it. So... Either way, I think that's your starting lineup game one. Fizdale can say these guys have to earn it, blah, blah, blah. It's all coach speak to me. I'm pretty that's going to be your sure, lineup. Game. I'm pretty sure Burke is in there. I think that the four is a little bit more up in the air. I I, who else start. I mean, I do think that Hazonia could get it. Um, I'd I'm, be shocked. I'd I'm be not, shocked. not feeling hopeful about Cornette. He would have been my other pick to put there. No uh, way. Mm. But doubt mm. that's happening. Mm. Um, I, I think Lance Thomas is the best pick. I'm just I'm yeah. just gonna stick with it. Ty, what do you think? Yeah. Well, um, I, I think you're about spot on. I mean, it seems the most obvious. I mean, it's what we had the last two games. But and the thing is about Frank or Trey, I don't think it really matters. I think they're going to be averaging the minutes that they're going to average throughout the season. I don't okay. think that's going to change a lot. But my thing is, like, sorry, one more time on Moody. Am I wrong? For wanting Kadeem Allen over Moutier because you know Kadeem Allen will probably just defer. It'll be a league minimum player, and he'll just like, hey, this will just say, hey, defer to Frank Nielakina. That's all you need to do. Just defer to Nielakina. You're not wrong because we know, know that Emmanuel Moutier sucks. He We're will like not. He will not. Sure that Kadeem Allen sucks. We yeah, still got, know? but we they yeah, still got players. Kadeem to Allen, cut, dude. Yeah, they Kadeem, do. They do. Yeah, Kadeem Allen was he was all he was all defense G League all defense. Uh, Twenty eight. He was. He's a stout okay. guy. Like, he's hey. a strong guard. Hey, let's, yeah. So, I mean, as long as, like, hey, just stay, just, you know, just defer. That, that's all you would need him to do. Yeah, that's true. To, to Franklin Lakina. That's all. And I, I, I would really think that would, you know, help his development more than playing second fiddle to Moutier in the offense. And that's just, and he, like you said, like in the past podcast, it makes everyone around him the better statistically and that's 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 ter- terrific that's terrible and you don't want to put your like young guard who you're still developing in there right. but you don't want to expose but, him to a guy that makes everyone worse it's just the way it is that's a really sad do we it is. 
Do we think one of uh, Moutier or Baker might get cut to make room for one of these guys? No, I, I was, I was, that's, that's, that was on my list of things. Like you could just make this case to management or whatever. Like, Hey, these guys aren't doing anything for your team and they're not even making you any money. Like who's buying a Moutier or a Ron Baker Jersey. Oh my God. You know, like, like, <laughs> like you know, these guys aren't even b- b- giving you guys a little bit of buzz besides, besides the crowd that like scrappy, <laughs> scrappy guards. There are some Ron Baker know. fanboys out there. I'm sure we have some listening to us right now. So all respect to you guys, but yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the farmer. It's farmers only.com. <laughs> um, but but yeah, you know, and that's a case I'd make. Like you could just get some guy. Like I'm really, like honestly, I'd I'd like to. I wish Tyrus Walker would come back. Like he could have got a good chance. Just having a Morehouse man in there. Yeah, you'll really- see those guys in the G League. Like that's why they've yeah. signed all these guys to deals. Then that's they true. cut them. Yeah. It's because yeah. they're they're gonna be in the G League. Yeah, but. for sure. I think John yeah, Kadeem Allen ends up down there. Like- John Jenkins. Yep. Yeah. You saw them sign him. You know, there's some other that they'll have plenty of options in the G League. Hopefully, I'm also, yeah, also kind of I forgot about that. There's going to be the Knicks essentially have another roster spot that they're playing around with because they're they're definitely going to cut Joakim Noah before the start of the season. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, you just got to give money back. Why doesn't he? It's a process. All right, so I got a roll. So a couple plugs before we get out of here. Yeah, one. Check out our merch store. We got the Mitchell Lobbins shirt oh, still up. My God, the I can't wait for it to get shirt. here. Beautiful. It's the best shirt I've ever seen. So go buy get it. Get it in cream. I made like the it's cream not a, mis- a beautiful look. Yeah, I got it in heather gray, and then I like checked at the cream color, and the heather gray looks good. But I saw the cream, and I was like, oh, I, I forgot. I forgot. We need to we need to redeploy the uh, the uh, the the Iron Giant nickname for Mitchell Robinson when he comes back. I have a, there's too I many. have an idea for the Iron Giant, Ty. Don't worry. I'll I'll message oh, yeah. you. The got Iron Giant. Idea. We got uh, Mitchell Blockinson. We got Robinson. Jesus. So many names. Beat his <laughs> AKA, Ty. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Second plug. Be on the lookout. Ty's gonna have a show coming up for us. Oh. Of producing it. We've had lots of discussion all summer. We're really excited about it. Ty's a great personality for us, and we're excited to put him in front of the camera and give him more of an opportunity to connect with you guys and give some thoughts. So, Ty, we're looking forward to that, man. Are you excited? Oh, I'm absolutely positively excited. Like, I'm jumping out of my couch right now. It's going to be awesome. So be on the lookout for that. Once the season starts, we're going to do some more work on it this week, but we'll be releasing that soon. Beyond that, we got some other stuff coming up. Knicks play again tomorrow, Friday night. We'll be on it on the tweets always. So check out the merch store. We got some pieces coming out. Like I said, I got a piece on Cantor tomorrow if you're interested in that. But beyond that, guys, great chatting. Everyone, thanks for listening. Have a good night.